You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Nick Filato and Chris Flum. And today we are giving you our next preview episode after the bye week, talking about the New York Giants matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. I believe it is the final primetime game for the Giants' 2021 schedule. And interestingly enough, though, this... Uh, this Bucks team right now, guys, has really been struggling. And, you know, we know that Tom Brady has a, a history of being a giant killer and Giants killing him, obviously, in the uh, in the Super Bowls that they've beaten him in the New England Patriots. But this Bucks team coming off a of Super Bowl had a really good start to the season. These past two weeks have looked like uh, a completely different team. Tom Brady throwing multiple interceptions. And then to top it off, their most recent loss against the Washington football team of all teams. So I want to open that everything's up with the, on this show about what do we make of the problems that they've been having? And is this the perfect time for the Giants to maybe steal a win away from them uh, because of the circumstance? Well, I, I'd say the Buccaneers suddenly look a hell of a lot more vulnerable than they did a month ago. So, you know, maybe the Giants are catching them at just the right time. But I also have to feel just a little bit of caution for this because yeah, Tom Brady never needs any help getting up for a game. Yeah, he always he's always able to find reasons to more or less play angry to motivate himself. And coming off losses where really he kind of was the reason why they lost, and then coming up against the Giants, who he still has grudges against. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you know going down to Tampa, yeah, you know, the Giants catch a pissed off Brady, and yeah, you know, that might kind of work against them, where he might be paying extra attention to everything he does and looking into any possible way he can dissect this defense or you know cut down on his own mistakes. And we've heard Tom Brady in the past talk about on his podcast, it's there's one team in the NFL he likes to beat, it's the New York Giants. And I think we can <laughs> assume reasonably why that reason is. <laughs> but I think you're right, Chris. I think that he's going to be incredibly upset now. The Giants had a week to prepare for this game. I'm sure they just went over the film. I'm sure Patrick Graham is going to come out and have his unit ready to go. And I think a couple of the injuries on the Buccaneers side of the football on defense and offense could benefit the New York Giants. But ultimately, you're going up against the GOAT. You're going up against one of the best 
quarterbacks to ever play the game, and he's going to be incredibly angry. And it's prime time Monday Night Football with everyone watching with all of those factors in. It does give me a little bit of concern. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Giants will lose this football game, but I think they're going to have to play their A game. They're going to have to limit their mistakes and take advantage of every opportunity that the Buccaneers give them to punish them. So if they throw an interception or would be interception, they have to secure it. They can't be dropping it. They have to take advantage of their one-on-one matchups up front, which is going to be very difficult with Donovan Smith, Tristan Wirfs, Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa. I mean, that's a really good offensive line right there. So the Giants are going to have to really play a very good football game to win this one. And I'm looking forward to see what the Giants, Jason Garrett, Daniel Jones, what they have in store coming out of the bye week. But I don't know if I'm overly optimistic about this offense on the Giants side of the football to take advantage of this defense that has a lot of injuries as well. Yeah, I think the Giants are definitely going to have to play a perfect game to get around the Buccaneers in this one. I I don't think they can really count on Tampa Bay beating itself or even taking the Giants lightly at this point because, you know, they've got the Saints knocking. The Panthers suddenly, you know, they might have something with Cam Newton back. Uh, the Falcons, you know, they might be good enough to play spoiler. You know, I, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to take this game for granted, especially since the game, at least for the first half last year, was closer than I think Tom Brady and Bruce Arians would really prefer to have, have been. I think they would have preferred to just get off to a fast start and beat the pants off the Giants last year. And I think that's what they're going to want to do this year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we can really consider in this game. And, and you guys hit a, a lot of the important things on the head is, yes, now's a really good time to, to possibly catch a Bucks team that's struggling off guard. You're trying to build off of the win and then the uh, momentum that the bye week can provide you because you have time to get healthy and figure out some of those issues. You also have extended time to prepare for your upcoming opponent. Those things are certainly going to help. And you also have to take into account last year, everyone assumed that the Bucks were going to knock the, the Giants out completely. And that was a close game, mostly because of what we got from Patrick Graham. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about of you know some of the... Actually, no, we're, we are talking about the, the Bucks offense right now. But last year, we, we saw a lot of really good scheming and a lot of play, good play calling from Patrick Graham, which kept the Giants close in this game. The offense is the big reason why they were not able to uh, take a lead and, and end up closing that thing out. But, you know, this could be a good opportunity. This could be a chance for the Giants to maybe sneak away with a win, but you can't, you can't completely discount Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even if they're possibly without Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski, who, right now appear to be unavailable with the possibility that either one of them does play in this game. I want to yeah. circle back to, to one thing you said, Joe, that the offense couldn't take advantage of the defense. More specifically, it was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones right. played up to that point the worst game of his career in Monday Night Football, and he's kind of not been great in prime time. He's 0-7 right now is his prime time record. I think this Monday Night Football game could be telling. The, the Buccaneers have a lot of in, injuries on the secondary as well. I think if Daniel Jones can really put it together, have a great effort, possibly win this football game, he could kind of start switching that narrative and inspire some hope in the Giants fan base that he could be the long-term guy because I'm still not certain on that. But as you were talking about, man, you have the Buccaneers, you, uh, you have the injuries to Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, we saw some bad mistakes, Chris, from Washington's uh, secondary pieces, I guess you could say, like Jalen Darden, the one interception of Tom Brady. 
Jalen Darden, it hit him right in the chest. He turned around and basically got punched out, popped in the air, and it was counted as an interception. It really shouldn't be. So I'm I don't want to say I'm hoping Antonio Brown isn't there because I don't want him to, to be injured, but at the same time, I think it would greatly benefit the New York Giants if there's no Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah, anytime you can take uh, two of the, uh, even though they're on the backside of their careers, uh, two of the best to ever play their position off the field and not have to face them, uh, that's kind of uh, a plus for your team. You know, the Buccaneers, I believe, were perfect with Antonio Brown and they're uh, one and three without him. He's not the player he used to be, but he is still a really, really good player receiver and Gronk is Gronk. Yeah. I'm not sure what else there is to say to, to say about that. <laughs> yeah. And this, you know, this Bucks offense certainly stumbling over the past couple of weeks and it, it could certainly be a, you know, an issue for this Bucks offense if they can't get back underneath them. And as we've seen some, some of these teams have used these opportunities to get their momentum back, get their, their juice back so they could, finish off the rest of their season. Uh, guys, talking about defense, though, this is a really, really good defensive team. They have a very aggressive defensive front, and you can you can end up naming as many guys as you can on this group and still end up missing a very talented, high-impact player. Um, but just to the, the fact that they've got Shaq Barrett, JPP, who is getting older but still is an impact pass rusher. Joe Tryon has been really, really good. A... Um, a rookie coming out of Washington who they drafted at the end of the first round. And then, uh, you know, in the interior Vita Vea is, is extremely formidable, um, but is apparently possibly hurt. What are some of the things that you guys noticed from this defensive front for the Bucs? Chris, if I could, yeah. I want to start with one player and that's Vita Vea. Now it looks like he may not play in this game. I don't think that's certain. If the knee injury wasn't as serious as they originally uh, feared, which is a, uh, Awesome for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm not 100% certain if he's going to be out there. Now, if there is no Vita Vea, that run defense significantly suffers. Do you think with Saquon Barkley returning, with this offensive line hopefully a little bit more rested because they're coming off a bye week, the Giants will be able to hashtag establish the run on the road? You know, I don't know. Uh, Vita Vea, just to, to catch everyone up, he got hurt. He had to be carted off the field on the very last play of last week's game, the loss against Washington. It turned out he just has a a bone bruise and a strained MCL. Uh, I think I would be a little bit surprised to see him, but also, you know, you never know. As far as the run defense, you know, it's... Vea has been having a fantastic season for the Buccaneers. He's been getting a ton of push up front. He's been an absolute rock in the middle of their defensive front. He's almost impossible to move backwards at nose tackle. But the next man up behind him, uh, Rakeem Nunez-Rochez, he actually flashed to me on tape. He's not quite as stout as Vea is, but then again, not a whole hell of a lot of guys are. But he is pretty good as a one-gap penetrating, like a one-technique as opposed to a two-gapping zero-technique. So he could pose a bit of a problem just disrupting behind the line of line of scrimmage. And then, you know, elsewhere, they do still have Indomitian Sue. They do still have William Golston. JPP is still a pretty darn good run defender. And, you know, Devin White is... He's a guy you look for in coverage. You don't want to see him coming downhill at you. Let's, let's just put it that way. So 
can the Giants establish their running game if Vita Vea is not on the field? I definitely give them a better chance than if he is on the field, but I don't think that's going to be easy. One thing on Nunez Roches too that is interesting because, yeah, he's definitely more of the upfield burst, one-gap penetrator. I feel like that plays into the New York Giants, and this isn't a huge storyline or a huge revelation with the game, but just watching a lot of the Giants film, I don't think Billy Price is that great at the point of attack. But if you if he is going up against a team like the Carolina Panthers, a team like the Las Vegas Raiders, teams that are a little bit more penetrating than other teams, he's done a solid job actually taking said player and steering them away from the 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 point of where the running back is going to run to. Now, if Roche, if uh, Nunez Rochez actually does act in that manner of a penetrating one technique rather than a two gapping. Uh, two, uh, a two gapping nose, then maybe it will allow the a gaps. It will give the giants a better feel to, to block the a gaps and the interior parts. And maybe the giants will gain an advantage just because of the penetrating nature. It's something I've just noticed on film. They've done a better job against more aggressive defenses than they have against ones who read and diagnose what's actually happening behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and I, I'll say one thing about uh, Todd Bowles' defense is that they are aggressive. You know, they're not. They're actually surprisingly disciplined for how aggressive they are. Uh, Tampa actually right now has the fewest defensive penalties in the NFL, which is honestly kind of surprising the way they fly around the field when they kind of get the scent of blood in their nose. But they, they are pretty disciplined in their you know gap responsibilities and not handing first downs to other teams. So I think that's going to be a low-key chess match between Todd Bowles and Jason Garrett. You know, are the Giants able to basically bait them out of their gaps, be, you know, get them being overly aggressive and then hit those interior runs, which are kind of the foundation of their offense when it's playing well? When it's playing well, yes. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of little screens to the tight end, a lot of little screens to Saquon Barkley, quick passes, get the football out of Daniel Jones' hand, throw hot. Because before week 10, Daniel Jones was tied with Mac Jones for being the most blitzed quarterback in the National Football League. Now it's Lamar Jackson because he got blitzed, I think, cover zero like over 30 times or something absolutely ridiculous on Thursday night football. <laughs> but but it was Daniel Jones. And that says something because a lot of defensive coordinators are saying, hey, we're going to blitz this kid and we're going to you know force him to beat us in a very quick and precise manner. And can he rise to the occasion? And we saw that on Monday Night Football last year against Todd Bowles in this defense. They blitzed the crap out of Daniel Jones and he had one of his worst games. So I think this is going to be a big game for Daniel Jones, a big game for Jason Garrett, as you pointed out. And I think they have to have a lot of blitz beaters. They have to establish the run to slow down the pressure that guys like JPP are going to bring. Yeah, and ju- just to skip ahead my own notes a little bit, uh, Todd Bowles, he, he is absolutely going to be blitzing. Like that is a thing, just put it down, put it in ink. It would be absolutely stunning if they didn't blitz on, I, I would almost say half of the Giants passing plays because they're already blitzing on 40% of their opponent's passing plays. And that's that's against league-wide, going against some teams that have maybe more experienced quarterbacks than Daniel Jones or you know, quarterbacks. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a, a quarterback. I'm not sure you really want to blitz too much because of 
just how good of a runner he is. And that's a known, you know, that he, he's not sneaky good like Jones is. He's just known to be a good runner or, you know, blitzing against uh, Sean McVay's offense where, you know, he is almost always going to be a step ahead of you with, with his beaters. And I think that's a big reason why just the sheer blitz percentage from Todd Bowles's defense is number one, why their pass rush win rate is you know, fifth in the NFL right now. Yeah, you know, their defensive front, they're winning their rushes, but they're not getting as much pressure as they did a year ago. Uh, Shaq Barrett only has five and a half sacks, but they do have 10 different players with at least one sack. And also the Buccaneers are, I believe, third in the NFL for average depth of target. And the average depth of target against them is only a little over six yards downfield. I think it's uh, 6.3, 6.6, something like that. So they're really forcing quarterbacks to get the ball out of their hands quickly because they're bringing pressure. They're sending Devin White in that ridiculous 4-3 speed he has. They're sending Antoine Winfield Jr., who is just an absolute playmaker in all areas of the field. And then they're using that with their defensive front, with Sue, with Goldstone, JPP, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon, to get somebody running free or somebody a one-on-one matchup they can win. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you also made a note in our notes here, uh, Chris, talking about the uh, the secondary. And they've got a, a, a pretty good group, one that uh, has been underrated and also was, was very, very... Um, Talented last year and, and made a lot of really big plays. Carlton Davis, as we know, is uh, a really good corner. They added Richard Sherman, which, uh, you know, despite him being on the older side, still a, a quality corner for them to bring in and, and has done a decent job. Sean Murphy bunting potential for, you know, him to, to possibly be available for this one. Um, but we know that this group is is very, very quality. And, and we're talking up the the aggressiveness of, of Todd Bulls. We're talking up the, the front group, the front seven that they have and what they're capable of doing. But it's almost hard to, to really pinpoint what a weakness is for them defensively because of how well-rounded they are, especially with their secondary. Yeah, for me, it's the the injuries at their cornerback position. If they get Sean Murphy bunting back, that helps solidify things because he's started, I think, 23 games since he's been in the league. And he was out... He suffered a dislocated elbow, which, ow, he said in the first game against Dallas. Uh, Jamel Dean is playing really good football right now, uh, playing the best of his career. 
I think quarterbacks going against him have a quarterback rating of something like 46. So he's breaking up passes, he's picking quarterbacks off, and he's not allowing very many passes to be completed in his area. But then you've got the, yeah, they also have uh, Pierre Desir. I think he was probably going to be their third corner if Murphy Bunting is back. But then they've also got those safeties, and Todd Bowles loves his nickel packages. He's pretty much always in a 2-4-5 or a 3-4-4. Wait. Yes, 3-4-4 package. So it's a really good chance. You're going to see Antoine Winfield Jr. out there. You're going to see Jordan Whitehead out there. You're going to see uh, Mike Edwards out there. And the three of them, they've got a really broad skill set. They can do pretty much anything you need. Uh, Strong safety, box safety, a free safety, or just kind of that defensive weapon who roams everywhere. So they're dangerous and they're guys you have to respect but the opportunities could be there with ross cockrell in the slot and you know if they're forced to go with pierre desir across from jamel dean on the outside those would be the areas i think you could attack for the giants d delaney he was hurt uh late last week i believe as well right and he's an, he's another player that i feel like the giants can take advantage of <laughs> Ooh, we got a we got a guest appearance there. <laughs> but, he has uh, something yeah. to say about the Bucks secondary. <laughs> he has something to say about the Bucks secondary. But I think Sean Murphy Bunting, if he's not there, that's going to be huge for the New York Giants because he's a very good player in the secondary. Yeah, I just checked before we went on. He is designated to return. He was designated to return before the Washington game. He is practicing, but hasn't been officially. Uh, brought off the injured reserve yet so that i think that's something we're just going to have to keep an eye on it could happen between when we record and when this airs or you know they do have the extra day almost two days considering this is a monday night game for him to you know pass his physicals and get back on the field but that i think is going to be one of the bigger things to watch i think the uh the giants wide receivers and that's something to definitely monitor. Now, can the blocking hold up? Can the protection hold up against the blitz packages? Can Daniel Jones diagnose where the blitz is coming from? All those are really interesting things to monitor throughout this game. But Sterling Shepard may not be there, but even if he's not, I think Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Evan Ingram even, I think they could take advantage of the secondary that faced Washington now. That's without Sean Murphy bunting. But you're talking about Pierre Desir, Ross Cockrell, who I actually kind of think is better than than just like a replacement level player. Every time I, I watch the Buccaneers on red zone or if I watch their film, he's always out there. He, he makes he makes plays sometimes. He, he surprises me. Former New York Giant great right there, Ross Cockrell. But I uh, that's definitely one of the things I'm definitely going to monitor is, is can – the Giants take advantage of this weak secondary. And there's a lot of variables that go into that, obviously. And um, I don't know, Chris, I wanted to ask you, what are you most worried about in this game? Like, What's the matchup? What are you most worried about? And what's the matchup that you're most interested in? Um, hmm. I think the matchup I'm going to be most interested in is Kadarius Tony against Ross Cockrell. Like, uh, I'm a fan of his, like, uh, just like you are. I think he is a solid corner. Like, he's better than replacement level. He is a guy who always competes. And when you get a guy who is has been in the league a while, he's savvy, and he always competes, He that's a guy who is going to make some plays just by sheer effort. 
and you know knowing where to be and when. However, he he's more of an off corner and a guy who you know he will let your receiver make the catch and then make the tackle to bring them down without with minimal gain. But Kadarius Tony, he is he's got that really good stop start quickness that that first in and out of his breaks. Yeah, that I think could be an opportunity for the Giants to get some sneaky yards, some yards after the catch, where maybe they do give up the reception to Tony, but then he's able to juke Ross Cockrell and pick up an extra few yards, five, six, you know, whatever, before the Buccaneers rally to the ball. As far as the matchup I'm worried about, actually, honestly, I I have to say uh, either, you know, whichever edge rusher lines up across from Nate Solder, (laughs) <laughs> Just leave that one out there. And also maybe the, the Giants interior line against Sue and Golston. Because you know, in Dominican Sue, he's not the monster he was back in, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, you know, when he was kind of fresh out of Nebraska and was just playing with a different level of power than the NFL had ever seen. But he is still a guy who can be disruptive. He can, you know, when he's got good leverage, he can still put interior alignment on roller skates. He still has a good burst. And against the Giants guards, you know, I don't know. Because really all he needs is to be on point once. And he can wreak a lot of havoc back there. And Golston is kind of the same player to a lesser extent but they're both really good at forcing their way into the backfield, really good at being disruptive in the backfield. And you know, the, the Giants, they're going to be in a position where they cannot make mistakes and they can't play from behind, I don't think. So that, I think, getting, having the pressure right up in Daniel Jones's face or those guys kind of busting through the offensive line when the Giants try to run the ball. Yeah, that I think could be a problem for them. Which is what we saw last year with Shane Lemieux. Remember, Ndamukong yeah. Sue and William Golson both dominated Shane Lemieux. And that might have been Shane Lemieux's first start. Will Hernandez wasn't there because I believe he was out for COVID. But we've seen Will Hernandez also. And he's a little bit more inconsistent than Shane Lemieux. Or I shouldn't, I don't know, it depends on how you perceive it. He could be, I guess, a little bit more consistent. But he does have his inconsistencies, Will Hernandez, with losing quickly off the snap and just having one of the best reps you've ever seen, followed by one of the worst reps you've ever seen. So it's definitely something uh, that I think the Buccaneers could exploit. Matt Skura. Billy Price and Will Hernandez. Yeah, that those guys, especially combined with uh, Raheem uh, Nunez Rochez, you know, if they get those one gap penetrators going and they're able to actually ratchet up the pressure on the Giants' defense, we could see them spin their wheels or even see the wheels come off. Yeah, that I think is what I would really be worried about is if the Buccaneers get a lead and then. All of a sudden, that defense starts, you know, smelling blood and pinning their ears back. That I think is when the wheels could come off entirely. Yeah, you know, th- I think the Giants' best best path to victory is kind of the way they beat the Raiders: keep things close, force the Buccaneers to be either more conservative than they want to be, or to make mistakes and ultimately get frustrated and not allow the Buccaneers' offense to force the Giants' offense out of its comfort zone. 
So I think that's a, a good note to wrap, wrap us up on, guys. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on all of your uh, New York Giants content here on Big Blue Views audio lineup. Talk to you soon, folks. I'll be coming your way with a post-game reaction after Monday night.